these empties, Lord, as soon as I find where they lay, tied off them jolly and leaving mines on a long, hot summer day. Yeah, for every day I'm working on the Illinois River, get a half a day off with pay. Oh, picking up barges on a long, hot summer day. From How to Barbecue Right Studios in Hernando, Mississippi. Rooster Production brings you Under the Water Tower, presented by Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. And now, here are your hosts, Matt Crane and Derek Biglane. Good morning, Matt. Morning, Derek. I had a little trouble getting to the studio this morning. It seems like the uh, the school traffic is now starting at about 6.15 to 6.30, 6.15-ish a.m. I mean, it is packed. You know, I always enjoy that day. We uh, take our youngest to, to, to school on that day and, and do that together. Um, I think I told you before or last year I mentioned something about really liking uh, watching because school was delayed. Right. Yeah, school was delayed. So I talked about that being a really neat thing, seeing all the different parents, seeing the couples taking their kids to school and stuff. And, and so that was neat yesterday to uh, watch that and see that be a part. But uh, it literally is um, wow. Traffic is very interesting and stuff like that. But I do kind of like the Thursday Friday trial run to oh, where yeah. by, by Monday you kind of know what's going on and some different stuff and, and everything. So I, you know the fact that we're going to school, you and I can appreciate that. We definitely love that. And uh, good luck to all the teachers, administrators for working so hard. But yeah, the um, men and women that would be grabbing kids out of out of cars and. All that kind of stuff right now is is, is pretty tough. So um, shout out to everybody for the traffic yesterday. Uh, it continued to prove is better this morning, uh, and will will should be better. Uh, very um, much improved by Monday. Well, I think after these two days, more parents will say, "Okay, now you can ride the bus." Sure. You know, they, I mean, they want to be there for the first day of school drop off, and then after that, there are we some more. So that, that'll help a little bit. But you just realize it seems like the town triples in size. When uh, school starts, because usually it's okay, get, we're getting here earlier to the studio, there's no traffic, maybe you're passing a couple people jumping on the interstate, and now it's like, yeah, everybody's out. It's uh, it's full bore. Derek, before we move on real quick, before we get to our presenting sponsors, definitely want to send a shout out to the newest DeSoto County School. It's part of the uh, area that we cover, Lewisburg Middle School, a brand new school, um, just beautiful. Uh, Derek, probably maybe you know one of the nicest schools ever built in DeSoto County, nicest schools ever built in the state of Mississippi right now, state of the art, full wood construction out of Olive Branch was the uh, general contractor there. I know Todd, congratulations to him uh, for that um, you know beautiful addition there to the Lewisburg community. And I know it's gonna help a ton from a traffic standpoint and all that. So shout out to DCS for their newest school. Uh, happens to be one of our schools that we cover or one of the areas that we cover here on, on the UTW podcast. And I definitely want to shout, send a shout out to them. Yeah, 122,000 square feet. Sits on 77 acres. Now, this is separated from the, I guess, high school complex that all the schools had done back in 06, 07 when they built those where you had the elementary, the middle school, and the high school together. This is actually set apart down on Craft Road uh, toward the uh, center of the Lewisburg attendance area. Man, it was a $22 million project, took 20 months to construct, and it's going to house about 1,000 children uh, there. So just, a uh, again, a great asset, obviously something needed for the city. And again, it is the newest, uh, but it will not be the last that's going to be built in this county here over the next few years. Oh, absolutely. Uh, we will not announce that yet. We continue to tease some uh, construction uh, hopeful things coming up over the next two or three years for sure. But look, a lot of stuff there, Derek, right there around Lewisburg Middle School, uh, a lot of growth. 
new neighborhoods, new opportunities. And if you're looking to move out and take advantage of the beautiful new school at Lewisburg Middle School uh, and you're looking for a house in that area, there's no better person to call than our 2021 presenting sponsor, Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. Team Couch of Birch Realty Group possesses over 65 years of combined real estate experience. They are the number one team for well over a decade in the residential market here in DeSoto County. They possess over 25,000 closings since 2009. They are ranked nationally as a top-performing real estate team. They're full-time, full-service realtors, which means they are available anytime you need them. They're currently offering a free, no-obligation market analysis. Again, free no obligation market analysis to learn the value of your home, the value of your neighborhood, what's going on within a mile radius, what's going on within your zip code. They can tell you all that information all across the Soto County, Horn Lake, South Haven, Olive Branch, Hernando, even travel as far down in San Antonio. They are ready to work for you. Give them a call at 662-449-1700. That's 662-449-1700. Or you can find more information at teamcouch.com. Again, and that's teamcouch.com. Give them a call today for your free, no obligation market analysis. Derek, it is definitely that time of year. Caught a little bit of a break over the last five or six days when it comes to heat. Actually, I think uh, ever since the water tower sessions, the cool front came through. Oh, right after. I mean, it literally <laughs> I mean, <laughs> on, on our way home that night. Yeah, now that I think about it, we were tearing everything down. It got past midnight and the temperature dropped. Well, by actually, 30 it, was, it was about. I think lunch the next day once we finished, yep. yeah. Then we put the tables up the next day, got everything out of the courtyard, and then, oh, it started feeling good yeah. again. Oh, wow, look at that. It feels, feels amazing. Well, I joke about that, Derek, but definitely good weather to get outside this weekend, good weather to get out, entertain friends, family. And if you're looking to take your backyard barbecuing to the next level, you want to reach out to our 2021 studio sponsor, the How to Barbecue Right Shop. How to Barbecue Right Shop is located right here in Hernando, right off Memphis Street, this store has everything a person needs for barbecue, crawfish, and all other kinds of outdoor cooking. Whether it's rubs, sauces, thermometers, cast iron, cutting boards, knives, or a really cool high-end smoker, Malcolm's Shop is your place to go. If you've ever seen his How to Barbecue Right YouTube videos, you need to stop by his shop today. You can call them at 662-912-9947. That's 662-912-9947. Find more information on Facebook at H2Q Malcolm Shop. That's H2Q Malcolm Shop. But the best thing to do is to stop by the How to Barbecue Right Shop located off of Memphis Street right here under the water tower. Well, Derek, typically on our first and third Friday show of each month here at the UTW Podcast, we discuss the Hernando Alderman meeting, and uh, boy, do we have a lot to talk about. What, was there a meeting this week? There was a meeting this week, okay. absolutely. We definitely have a lot to talk about. The Hernando Alderman meeting took place this past Tuesday, their first Alderman meeting of the month of August. We've mentioned several times they had all traveled down to the coast, went through some training, some different things, some stuff down there to learn more about governing, how that works, all that kind of stuff, so a neat trip down there. Well, Derek, let's jump right into it so typically we talk about and you, you we previewed this on tuesday uh you mentioned to us on tuesday you talked about the different things on the agenda and so forth since our last show this is how the meeting kind of kicked off alderman for ward four made a motion to add termination of joe engel building inspector. the building inspector for the city of fernando and termination of employment for Dwayne williams the parks and recreation department yeah so they were looking to approve the agenda okay so that's one of the things you have to do before the meeting starts or i guess it's the first thing is to approve what you're getting ready to talk about and before that was put to a motion to approve it 
Uh, he asked to add those two things as item number 21 for Joe Engel, number 22 for Dwayne Williams. Uh, and it was voted on as a single motion, which we can talk about later. It was voted on as a single motion to add both. Uh, and it was voted six to one to add those to the agenda as no, item number 21 and 22 with Alderman of Ward 2 voting no. Six eyes, one nay to put that on the agenda for discussion. That is correct. Okay, moving on. Uh, we'll get to that in just a minute. Let's go kind of not line item by line item, but uh, let's uh, well, get started. Yeah, usually we kind of skip over this sure. consent agenda. However, there was a little contention during the consent agenda. Okay. Cons- uh, and you're saying consent. That's what you're saying. Consent, yeah, the consent agenda. consent agenda. This is when usually uh, this is talking about people going to different trainings. Maybe there's a uh, something being purchased that's very small that everybody can agree upon. Usually it's, okay, these things we've kind of talked about, looked at. Shouldn't be any kind of you know need to go through these one by one everybody agrees on these let's go well alderman ward four four uh made a point to kind of pick out which was number four under the consent agenda which said that um you know there were three people being sent to sniper school basically and they were asking about the sniper school and what the cost was it was not included as part of the consent agenda and he made a point to saying that everything else had a price attached to it that was you know for something being purchased or people being sent somewhere uh they asked the police chief police chief did not have a number the Alderman for Ward 4 basically complained to the mayor that this needs to have a number and why didn't it have a number. The mayor said that he did agree that it probably should have a number, okay. that he wasn't going to have it taken out because of that, but that going forward he would look to make sure it had a number, that sort of thing. And so they did not take it out. Uh, they voted on the consent agenda, and it passed, but 5-2 to two with Alderman of Ward 4 and Alderman of Ward 6 voting against the consent agenda. Voting against the consent agenda, yep. Yep. not necessarily that. It passed be, okay. five to two. The consent agenda passed, which could, as long as it passes four to three, that's right. Done. We move on. But uh, the aldermen from Ward Six and Ward Four vote were the two okay. no votes. Rarely is it six to one, seven zero. Oh, I mean, typically. Yeah, and I'm going to give agenda. you Matt. Okay, so besides the sniper school, uh, there was a request to, by the Palmer Home to temporarily close streets for the Mudbug Bash next sure. year. Yeah. There was another one to close the streets for the Flocker and the Block. So again, stuff that's very yeah. simple, very easy yeah. that doesn't really need to take up a lot of time because it's should be approved pretty easily. Right. And they receive that via email or something, right? Don't yeah, they, they get it. Well, yeah. it's part of the agenda. They get the packet beforehand, yes. and it's in there, and they could strike something beforehand, but in this case, the alderman wanted to make sure it was on record what he was consent, what he disagreed with Understood. in the consent agenda. Moving on, uh, number eight. So this started the – now, again, this meeting was over two hours long. Uh, this started the meeting being over two hours long. Was uh, Number eight was a discussion, now just a discussion, of a possible noise ordinance adoption – for the city of Hernando. Now, this is something that had been brought up before. There was a, a woman who had come who had brought decibel level monitors to meetings talking about how loud the music was uh, at a an establishment on Memphis Street that was basically aiming speakers toward her house or in the direction of her house and up to all hours of the night. We've talked about this before on the show. Well, this came up again. Uh, same location, same venue, and they were now up to, I think, four nights. They mentioned Tuesdays, Thursdays, Saturdays, and Sundays going well into the night with outside bands being played at this establishment and the noise going on well past basically midnight. And this was all said in the meeting. This is all said in the meeting. I mean, this yeah, is all on all YouTube. public you record on YouTube. Yeah. And so what they did was uh, there was the developers, okay, the the houses behind the establishment. Establishment. That developer's grandson came and spoke on behalf of the homeowner, or him being the homeowner, on behalf of the tenants there. Uh, there were other people who came, who lived up and down Memphis Street. I think one on Valley Street. There was somebody a mile away. <laughs> 
um, toward uh, North Parkway, I believe, who said that he could hear the music. So everybody came saying there needs to be an ordinance. One woman said that she had just moved here recently, could not believe there was not an ordinance. And that is right. There, and for those listening, there is no city ordinance for noise currently in the city of Hernando. Now, for music. For music. We now, talked about that last time. There's a noise ordinance for construction. That's right. For construction noise is how late they can go. But uh, you can still, now that doesn't mean there's no repercussions. I mean, you know, if, if you're playing your music too loud at your house, having a party too late at night, right. you can call for disturbing of the peace, yeah. have the police come, have them, so that can be done. But to, for actually them saying, okay, this certain time, you're shut down, whatever, that cannot be done in the city of Hernando for music. So what they did, and the board mentioned, I think it was uh, the at-large alderman said, hey, look, this was something that the previous board has looked at. I was on the previous board. We talked about this, and we put it at that time to the former city attorney to research and come back to us. Unfortunately, that was probably done about a month before the former city attorney became former. He's no longer. <laughs> right? He's no longer there. And so he couldn't really get back with the board. Plus, it was a new board. And so they kind of went back and forth. It was a lot of you know, things that had been promised. Nobody knows if that's true or not, you know, because the, the developer himself was not there. And, of course, the business owner was not there. The, the business owner was not there. The building owner was not there. That's right. The building yeah. owner was not there. So there was a lot of people that, you know, probably could have given more information, yes. shared more information that was not there. But again, this was not for a vote. This no, was only sure. for discussion. They didn't have to be there. Right. Uh, and so, you know, there's nothing going or nefarious about that. So they talked about it a little bit longer. And basically the board told the new city attorney, asked the new city attorney to do the same thing that the old city attorney was asked to do. And that's to research it. But a little more specific. Okay. They said, we want you to pull the one for the city of Oxford. Okay. Uh, the, the city of Oxford was being kind of modeled, talked about that, you know, Oxford's a larger city. They have obviously dealt with this issue for many years. They've had an ordinance now for many years, and they don't have outside bands unless it's a school function, school being Ole Miss, or unless it's a city function, kind of a double-decker festival during the day um, or you know that goes into the night. So those are the two. That obviously, they have some type of leeway. There's special permits for that. Other than that, and Matt, you know, that's a, that's a good point. There are no outside bands around the square. Some of the aldermen have seen it, have read it, and said, look, it's a very good policy. You know, there's, there's decibel levels in there, the time they have to shut off in there, that they have to be indoors in there. All these things are in the okay. city code. Want him to research that and then bring it back to the Board of Aldermen. Not only did they give a specific city to research, not, not saying he won't look at others, yeah. but a specific city. They also gave him a specific date. They want it one month, so he will have it back to them the first meeting in September. Definitely Oxford has more of a nightlife. Yeah than Hernando by, by any stretch. So, you know, let's see what they're doing and kind of go from there. But I, I guess I really didn't think about it because we had outside bands at the fraternity house and stuff like that. So, again, that's a school function. And, and, and we, had, you know, we had our deal this past weekend on Panola Street. We, did. We, we wrapped up by 11. Yeah. And I would hope that the time is going to be, you know, somewhere 11 or 12. I mean, you yeah. know, you don't want to cut somebody, okay, you got to be done by 9 o'clock. Right. Well, that's, okay, now what are we doing? What do you, I mean, and it's just me and you talking now. Uh, no one else is listening right now. So, um <laughs> I would think maybe by 11 on a Friday and Saturday night and 10 o'clock on the week, weekday. Is that fair, you think, or what? Uh, that I mean, for fair. you, it would be 645. I mean, let's be honest. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, let's be honest. You would prefer uh, there to be – No, you know. no, no. <laughs> I, 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 for a weekend, you know, weekend, that's tough. I'm going to be honest. 11, I think, is fair. Midnight's not um, bad. But I, I would think midnight. I think you could even yeah. do midnight. Now – no, you know what? I'll tell you what. 11 o'clock, I would say 11 o'clock outdoors, That's what I'm midnight saying. indoors. That's what yes. I meant, yeah. I, I, would, I would agree okay. with that, That's yes. interesting. I, I, would, I would see what they would say about that. But again, I don't know what Oxford says. That he's going to report all on that, so we look forward to that. Yeah, but again, this yeah. was a discussion. But I guess all that to say, citizens of Hernando, 
be prepared. Correct. There is a noise ordinance of Correct. some sort coming. Interesting. Next, there were back-to-back, uh, well, there was a discussion and then a request. So, I mean, basically the same. Uh, the first one was a discussion of street repairs on St. Ives. They had a bid to repair potholes, basically, going into St. Ives subdivision. The city had a bid? The city had a bid for $36,000. Okay. Okay. The developer... Uh, was going to split that. So 18000 by him, 18000 by the city. For those of you who are not familiar with St. Ives, it's off of Jaybird Road, just south of Holly Springs. They only have one entrance. Right. They're building their phases from front to back. So they're on phase three-ish, I'm guessing here. But anyway, but the construction traffic only has one entrance. They have to go, there's roundabouts, there's curbs and gutter, there's huge trailers bringing, you know, dirt moving equipment and asphalt equipment all this stuff is going from front to back so everybody at the front has to watch this construction traffic go through there and of course those weight limits are completely tearing up just a regular subdivision you know road so that's a lot lot of good points there there are people from the subdivision there but the alderman came back and said hey look is that going to be good enough in other words if we fix this now it sounds like they're just going to keep coming through there's no other access yes so why spend the money now how about we wait till they get through and do it? Or can we get another back entrance cut somewhere? And so what they kind of came up with is there's a new development that was approved. We talked about this a month ago. Yep. Coming from the, from, on Getwell from the east, there will be. Look, south of Holly, south of Holly Springs Road on Getwell. Yes. On Getwell, on the west side of Getwell. So on the east side of this property, they're going to look to do a dirt road, gravel road, uh, will not ever be a permanent road through that new subdivision to this and to help hopefully alleviate some of that traffic. And they're also going to look to see if by filling this in, you know, what exactly could be done. So it was kind of, again, it was a discussion. Good discussion, yeah. No vote. So it was a good discussion. So they're going to get back and see what they're going to do on that. The next one was request to relocate Winningham Estates construction entrance. Alderman for Ward 1. She brought up that, hey, kind of a similar issue. They're using this the entrance that had like the the main, the main entrance with a nice nice median coming in that was being torn up by construction trucks and they actually have a second entrance she was just only asking to designate the second entrance as the construction entrance required to go there if they catch you on the the main entrance you violated the law that's right well the city attorney came back and said hey look don't know if we can do that now because they've been doing this they're used to doing this maybe for the next phase yeah. They could require that. They actually, I think there may be a possible access off of Gwynn Road or access off of 51 to the back of this property. Winningham Estates is north of, on the north side of Nesbitt Road between 51 uh, and Old Town Nesbitt, uh, right there on the, on the north side, it, you know, new home, newer homes within the last 10 years. So this phase is going north. The phases are going north. So it'd be able to access it off of Gwynn Road from the west or from 51 on the east. And so that could be something that could be looked at. So it was, again, more of a discussion. There wasn't really any kind of, I guess, a um, thing that came up was that other than that BJ, who is the interim planning director, uh, and the mayor are going to meet with the developers to say, hey, look, can y'all just use this other entrance? Sure. We, we can't require you. Yeah. We know we cannot do that at this time. Can we get on the same page? Yeah, but can we do that for this going forward? And then the next, just know on the next phase, we're probably going to have you use a different construction entrance. Okay. Other than that, before we get to the, the, the meat of the, the meeting, uh, they, they ordered to extend the COVID pay to coincide with the federal government order. So now the COVID pay will go until September 30th, which again, matches what the federal government did. They um, advertised, and this was something, Matt, the, uh, to bid for the AWG road. Now, I thought originally it was for the on 51 doing the expansion there. No, this is the actual road from 51 to the back of the plant. Yes. That's going to be a, a designated city road, which is kind of a surprising, but it's going to be concrete, not asphalt. 
because concrete's going to last longer with the bigger trucks coming in there. It should last longer. And since this is going to be a city-maintained road, this is something the city wants to do. So they did uh, give him the authority to get those bids. Next, again, Matt, this was a probably one of the most interesting meetings of the, since the year yeah, we've been doing this show. Like they accepted the lowest and best quote for the baseball and softball uniforms. However, did not accept the lowest quote. Okay. Uh, the lowest quote came in from an online provider somewhere. Correct. They were getting ready to vote on it, and the alderman for Ward 4 brought up, does this include shipping? The mayor was like, I'm not sure. So they asked the parts department. The parts department had actually left to call the provider and say, hey, did your bid include shipping? It did not. You know, And since they were becoming in different boxes, multiple boxes, there was no way to get an exact figure for the shipping. So the alderman and alderman Ward 2 made the motion said, hey, look, since we don't know the shipping, the next available, the, the next lowest price is in town, does not require shipping. We can just go pick them up. And because that's a known cost, this may not, we do not know if it's the lowest, but it is the best bid because it's all we know all the factors. It's all included. That's all included. And therefore, they chose sports of all sorts okay. will be providing the baseball and softball uniforms for the uh, parks department this year. The next one, they did sign the soccer agreement. Now, Matt, this is the reason I went last time to, right. for the discussion. Was not there this time. Watched it online. And uh, glad I wasn't because they literally read it out, made a motion second, and it passed 7-0. Yeah. So you got stuck with the last one. Didn't go to this one, but watched it on YouTube, and it worked out perfectly. It was about 30 seconds. That's right. Uh, so I so guess real it, quick, let's sum that up. Yeah. DeSoto Football Club, a new competitive soccer team, basically based out of South Haven, but pulling from all the different DeSoto County players that would like to try out and did try out, or will now be using – the uh, Hernando Soccer Fields, Hernando Soccer Complex for some of its practices and so forth. Uh, we mentioned that amount that the Parks and Rec will bill them is $20,000 annually. That's right. Which is $4,000 more than they were billing the Hernando Express. Which they used to cut the grass and destroy sure. the fields. Right. So that's what that means. The contract's been signed. I'm excited about it because my son plays for that uh, competitive team. And so far, we've had to go up to South Haven. So I'm excited about uh, an opportunity to mix Hernando into the mix with South Haven uh, from a, a field standpoint. So excited and, and, about and that. it was done. And again, this was a Approved by the city attorney beforehand, and, and it must have been very well done because there was no discussion. It looked right. like it was perfectly read. Last time, there was a lot of questions. This time, no questions. Straight to it. Voted. Done. Sounds good. Yep. So, looking forward to seeing the Soto FC start practicing at the soccer, Hernando soccer fields two to three times a week You know, for this at least this next year. Um, the last one before we get to the, the added uh, items to the agenda was to authorize the city of Hernando to engage Gerald Group PLLC to perform the 2019-2020 audit. And so there was a little discussion. This is the new city clerk. This is the first time she's really, I guess, been on record talking. And so she was the one kind of authorized to find this, bid it out, you know, do it, everything. The former person, uh, the, for, the one that did the 19, remember, there was a lot of discussion during the uh, election about why don't we have this done? Why is it taking so long? So she reached out to them again and said, hey, you just did this one. What is your timeline? Matt, the timeline, I think they said, was sometime next spring. So she said, well, that's just not good enough. We, we ran into that problem last year. And so they bid it out, and they found somebody, uh, the, the Gerald Group, PLLC. Out of Tupelo. Out of Tupelo, who does Tupelo's. They do, uh, I think they said Oxford, uh, some Jackson maybe, right. a couple other ones. Um, they will be doing it, and they have promised to have it in the uh, board's hand for discussion by November 30th of this year. Pretty impressive, so yeah. That's pr and then again, of course, this year's will end, and September 30th will be the end of the 2021 year. Uh, and then they'll, I guess, have discussions about that sometime next summer. So anyway, November 30th, hopefully we're talking about this sometime during the December meeting, hearing about the audit from 2019-2020. Yeah, and so look, we have definitely uh, 
gone uh, item by item to get to the point where we are now. And we, well, I mean, we, we, again, it, it was a packed meeting before sure. the stuff was right. added. And, at and the like end. I said, that that we you and I discussed all fair what we wanted to do, and we wanted to highlight those things. The noise ordinance is a, a big deal. You know, the St. Ives neighborhood roads. We want to explain kind of what was going on there. It's uh, city time, city money, all that kind of stuff involved. So we wanted to say that. But again, Derek, we got to the uh, towards the end of the meeting, and um, the. Things that were added uh, were discussed. Item number 21, Mr. Joe Engel, who uh, is, is the building inspector for the city of Fernando, mm-hmm. uh, his uh, job, his uh, ter- possible termination was to be discussed. And that came up. Mr. Engel walked up to the podium, you know, basically pled his case, visited, uh, gave some credentials of himself, uh, his history, his background, uh, and so forth, and make, you know, really no apologies for his performance uh, at his time. And uh, it went to a vote and uh, passed uh, fairly easily. Matt, so if you remember, this is this is we talked about this uh, at the beginning of this discussion that they voted to put it on there six to one. Six to one, uh, they voted yes. Put both of them. Now this was not they were not put on there separately. They were put on there as one right. item. Right. So number twenty one and twenty two were added together. Voted on there six to one. So Mr. Engel did plead his case. There was you know, a lot of good points. You know, you don't want builders to be friends with the building inspector. You want him to be strict, to follow code, that sort of thing. But you also want him to be hospitable and to actually be trying to work with the builders, not trying to catch them on things that they can't finish. I mean, everybody would agree Which with you that. are not saying was the case. You're right. just simply saying, here's what you want out of a building Now, inspector. he did admit, he did admit, now no, this was nobody doing right. research, not us doing research. He did admit that the city of Senatobia had fired him for being too strict. I guess right. that's why I brought that up. And so he was let go. Um, and so he did admit to that. I think he had been there uh, for a few years and was let go. And he had been with us. Uh, he, I think he had, um, after the recession, so he's had a 20, I think he's had a 25-year building career, 20 of it in, you know, being a, actually a uh, supervisor uh, for a building company uh, that's no longer in business. And so he talked about that. So he sounds like he has good credentials. He had experience. Now, some of that experience did include him being fired. But I guess surprising to me, Matt, was is that after he taught, nobody else taught for him. His Correct. wife was there with him, did not talk for him, with him or for him. And the, the alderman gave, literally said nothing. They, yeah. There was no reason given, just looked at him. He played his case. There was a motion. There was a second. By the exact same margin as to get it on the agenda of six to one with uh, the alderman of Ward 2 voting no, they, they fired him. Moved pretty quick. It moved. It did move pretty quickly. Yeah. So, uh, building inspector works for the planning department. Derek, I, I made kind of no bones about it. The planning department uh, here in the city of Fernando has been a very interesting department. Obviously, had a a tragic death in December of the planning director um, at, at that time, and so obviously, of course, that's that's certainly a, a, a terrible and awful situation. I will say this: my my experience with the planning department, uh, in my opinion, the planning department should be a very pro. How can we help you? Mm-hmm. The best we can. We're called the planning department, not the opinion department. Take that however many way you want to. There's a way for the planning department to work in a pro-commerce, a pro-active, not cut corners by any stretch. But man, the sooner we get things rolling, whether it be a home or certainly commercial spaces in the city of Fernando, they can generate taxes and revenue for the city of Fernando. And I can 100% say with multiple examples of uh, of of just that not being the case. You want tough codes. You yes. want you want tough codes because you know we us live in Hernando. We want our buildings to look nice, our houses to look nice. Do you want them to be structurally sound? You want them to perform. You know if they need to perform, i.e., sprinklers or whatever. You know fireproof stuff that they need to have in them, depending on the size, that sort of thing. You want all those. To, 
absolutely want that. Yeah. You want a building department and a building, uh, a, a planning department to watch over that, look at it, make sure it's being done. But there's, but there's a difference between asking or saying you're not there yet and how can I help you get there? Exactly. That's it. So right. you're not there yet. You're not there. You come back when you have this, come back when you have this. How about, all right, so, you know, this is what you need to do and sure. then we can pass it. This sure. is what you need to do to help. Just, that's all the builders want. Just, it's not, you know, okay, well, we found this, this, and this. Let us know when it's fixed. No, no, no. Just, this is what's going on. Hey, I, you know, I had another issue on another building. This is how they got it fixed. Right. Or this is where they went. Or this is who they called. That's all it takes. That's, That's it. all it takes. That's it. And maybe, you know, maybe Mr. Ingalls is, uh, for lack of a better word, a bit of a scapegoat on that. I don't know. I mean, whatever. That doesn't matter. Yeah, we, we, don't know, you know, we, we don't know. Right. We don't know. We don't know. We don't know who like brought it said. up. <laughs> we, don't, we don't know like what the background was. Again, sure. I have had no uh, experience with him. Sure. And so I don't know who wanted him gone because, again, there was no discussion. Right. No reason given as to his firing. We did find out from the city attorney, and this is important to bring up, that um, because you know a lot of this, well, why hadn't this happened last year? Why didn't it happen ten years ago? Uh, the city attorney said that he has read um, the city bylaws and what it says, and that the city can fire at will. They do have the ability to fire anybody on payroll at will without cause. Uh, Mississippi is an at will state, and the uh, that's what the aldermen were using uh, as putting both of these on the agenda. And so he was fired at will with no reason. Personally, I, I, I would like to have seen somebody give reasons, facts, issues, complaints, something. Uh, they didn't have to. I just think as a common courtesy, that'd be something you'd want to do. But again, they didn't pass six to one. It's done. Like you said, they didn't have to give explanations. It just kind of went pretty quickly. And we moved on to the next one, which is a little bit more of the meat of the discussion here. The Parks and Rec Department director, Mr. Dwayne Williams, was uh, also put up for was a, was a motion was made or, or put up for that. Dwayne has been here for 16 years. Mm-hmm. Dwayne uh, born and raised here in Hernando, which again that doesn't give you a qualification for the job. Now, he was the, hired by the current mayor. Okay, hired by the current mayor. But again, being here does not mean that's right. That, right, you know that type of stuff. So you know. So anyway, we fast forward. Dwayne uh, spoke last on his behalf but several people six or seven people came a couple up to, neighbors somebody that was actually watching it on youtube right, somebody was on, drove yeah. down there and showed up uh there was somebody maybe a relative of some sort from new orleans had come up uh i think she was the one she had a root canal actually done that day <laughs> uh and so she was still talking the wayne uh, dwayne's wife right. uh spoke and then dwayne himself former alderman candidate mitch lemon I uh, spoke uh, he visited about he, that. I think he I think he works in Memphis and he and he, he visited about uh, that what he what he basically kind of stated was hey is there some type of a uh, process uh, for this from a standpoint of we start with a verbal warning and we start with you know yeah. in writing that type of stuff whatever so that was the concerns that they they seem to have uh, you know that were you know valid points of course again probably talked for about 35 40 minutes the group of them uh, Dwayne talked to, for the last 10 minutes you know again pleading this case pleading his uh, pleading for his job that's, I mean, right. that's well, what he was doing. That's yes. what both of them were doing. That's Ple- right. That's right, right, exactly. Pleading for his job. So then at the end of that, basically at the end of the discussion, the talk, I say discussion, it was Dwayne and the people. Right. It was Dwayne and the people from the public talking to the Board of Aldermen. When the floor was open for the Board of Aldermen to speak, there was nothing. The only only comment in the entire hour between Mr. Ingalls and Dwayne, other than motions being made, right, sure. the only thing that was said was uh, one of the aldermen was upset that Dwayne was taking so long and speaking in circles right. uh, and wanted him to go ahead and just wrap up so right. they could vote. Right. That was Other than that, there was never any reason given for any candidate. There doesn't have to be. Sure. The city attorney re- reminded them, or they asked again, did not have to have a reason. But again, common courtesy, Matt, if somebody's going to fire me, I want to know why. Right. Uh, they did ask why. Right. No reasons were ever given. 
And so, yeah, then you, you were saying that the mayor asked for something. Right. So basically, so the, and then the mayor simply uh, said, okay, now we, we, we go for, you know, the next move. And a motion was made. Motion was Ward made. 4 made the motion to move forward with the termination of, uh, of Mr. Williams for the Parks and Rec Department director. And uh, there was no second. Matt, uh, after the mayor asked for that, there was just the sound of this. Bueller, Bueller, Bueller. Which, of course, Derek, you and I joke around about that. Of course, that's not what was there, but that's what it felt like. It was a pretty long, seemed to be a minute and a half or two minutes on YouTube. Uh, I was just sitting there kind of watching going, all right. No one seconded the motion, which Nobody put the motion, the motion to bed. Uh, put the motion it, it to dies. bed. It dies. It dies. It dies the motion no one, dies right. without right. a second. No one seconds it. The motion dies, uh, which basically means uh, Dwayne keeps his job as the Parks and Rec Department right. Director. Again, 16 years uh, here, and he remains the Parks and Rec Director, and we move forward from there. So, you know, Derek, we, we make a joke or we certainly play a soundbite type stuff or whatever but it was a very awkward situation uh, the last hour was just very interesting it, and tough to watch i had headphones on on a, a little ipad thing watching it nobody else in my family really cared about it until <laughs> i kind of was narrating saying hey uh this you know unfortunately there may be terminating two people here yeah, i mean sure. you never you're never pulling for anybody to lose a job as it was going i i just i literally would sometimes take the ear pods out of my my ear and say this is the most uncomfortable one of the right. you know it's kind of like when you're watching yeah, tv that's show not really your style yeah it was just it's it was just it was cringeworthy because you felt sorry for everybody involved right. it was just it was just bad and man i guess you well, know, breaking the, up breaking up for lack of a better, I mean, let's put, yeah. keep it simple. Breaking up or, or or a marriage or discussion about that can be very uncomfortable and so forth. But I will say this, Derek, what I struggle with is, and you you know, you and I have been very close friends for a long time. If you and I have any disagreements or issues or problems or whatever, if I came to you right now and said, hey, I want to stop this show yeah, or I, wanna, I don't want to be friends anymore, you would want to know why. I, I would ask you why yeah. and then we would hopefully have a discussion. Right. They ask why and it would be like me asking you, Matt, why do you want to stop this? And then you just literally looking at me and say, Okay, so I'm leaving. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, just right. It was tough. It was tough to watch. Uh, you and I have had numerous texts, phone calls, people talking to us that feel the same way. Tough to watch. You know, I think a lot of people were asking me, at least the people I've talked to are fairly simple. Well, I'll say this, Derek, and I told you I was going to say this. If you gave me over the weekend, I could build you a case for why Dwayne should go and why Dwayne should stay. Yes. But there was no case either way. No. The well, only, well, well I'll take it back. Yeah, yes. Yeah. There was the, a one-sided case. Yes. The uh, the podium facing the Board of Aldermen uh, was quite busy. So that's what people were struggling with. Uh, it's a very interesting meeting. I'm sorry we've taken it on this long. Well, no. I mean, to- I mean, I think this is important. Like, This is why when we talked about it was put on the motion – Six to one right. for both of these men to be put on the agenda to be terminated. Pretty simple. Six people voted yay. Let's talk about it. One man was terminated. Correct. Pretty quickly. He, yes. he, he was given time to talk, but as soon as he was finished, it was pretty quickly, and it was by the exact same number. Another man was then up there. Same vote to, to put him on there. Now, again, it was one motion. Then when it comes to make a second, nobody seconds it. So did the vote swing from six to one to one to six? In that two-hour time span, my whole problem with this whole thing is, number one, if you are uncomfortable having the park director's name put on the agenda to to ask to be terminated, 
then you should have asked for the to put it on the agenda to be separated. In other words, when uh, the Alderman of Ward 4 made the motion to put them both on there to be terminated, you know, somebody should have said, no, let's vote on Joe England to be put on there, and then let's vote on Dwayne to be put on there, okay? Not have them in a group together. That should have been, if, if you have a problem with that, first of all, have them put on there separately to see if the, there were votes enough to even have Dwayne put on there terminated. Because if not, you just made a man sit for two hours and sweat out his job and then have to plead for his job in an uncomfortable situation on public record. And now he's got to sit there and how does he feel about his job now that he's kept? Sure. That, that's the first issue. The second issue is, okay, let's say that y'all both, everybody did agree six to one. What happened? Was it the pleas from his family members, from his, from the neighbors that got you to change your mind? Did Were the votes never? Like, I, I don't understand, but I guess if you're for or against the park director keeping his job, have the vote, right? I mean, if you're convicted, no, he should not lose his job, or yes, he should lose his job. And you're telling me the only one alderman up there was had an opinion about that? Second the motion and have the vote. I mean, because either it's a yes or no question, and I think us as a citizens – want to know how did the other six aldermen stand? We sure. know what alderman one, I mean, excuse me, we know what alderman four, how, where he stands. Correct. Right he or made wrong, the motion, yes. Right or wrong, he made the motion. He was adamant, uh, you know, made the motion at the beginning of the meeting, made both motions for the, for that, for the, uh, the firings. And so we know that. So where did the other six stand? Right, I sure. think us, that's what I'm most disappointed about is it didn't go to a vote to say, okay, does the city alderman believe in the park director? Because there was no case given for or against the, right. on the alderman side. Now, I mean, the, Dwayne had four. He was given his history, the, the issues he had, and, and the, the uh, facilities he was given, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The alderman never had a complaint. And that's what I mean. Th- there had to be past documents or something because, for this to even be discussed in a public meeting. And so that, that's what I, I guess those two things really kind of set uh, poorly with me since Tuesday. Now, I did reach out to the mayor and talk about what about executive session? Why was this not done in executive session? Because this is a lot of a laundry to air in a public meeting. And he said, yes, usually personal matters are dealt with in executive session. But in that, it is a discussion. You have to have facts. You have to have background stuff. It's a, it's, a, it's a complete culmination. There is back and forth and that sort of thing. You can do it that way. That's probably a better way to do it. But for something of this nature, he would want this public. And if you're going to do it at will, which they were trying to do, it has to, basically has to be public. And so that's kind of those that are asking, well, why didn't they just do it in executive session? It probably would have been better to have this discussion, maybe ask for resignation there, maybe whatever, if that's what they wanted to do. Or maybe, you know, to air out the grievances, maybe put him on a plan or something. But they chose to do it this way. You know, they tried to get it done at will. It, they didn't have anything, any facts to, to – or maybe they had facts they didn't share those. And it was just kind of left hanging out to dry. And I think it's just a bad look on all sides. And uh, I think it's going to be tough to recover from. As we begin to wrap this up, like you said earlier, uh, it's a tough situation moving forward. Yes. Numerous people said when they were vouching for the park director, talking to him about uh, talking to the board of aldermen, you know, Tell him what you don't like. Tell me what you do expect of them. Tell him what you expect of him and want, want things to get better. Uh, I will say this. If we're going to move forward, which obviously the parks director remains in his position, if we're going to move forward, uh, okay, do that. Mm-hmm. If you're the board of aldermen, let's go. Tell us what's going on. Tell us what brought – if you didn't do it, if you certainly didn't have a discussion on Tuesday night, uh, start to discuss – improvements for the parks improvements as an employee the parks director that's that's what he asked for is looking for so so now the work starts let's do it what's purposely you could i mean as a board i guess they could purposely try to sabotage him right i mean that could that could be that could be a choice to make or you could purposely say okay you're saying you're lacking budget 
we're going to give you a couple thousand more, whatever. And let's see what you got a year to see what you can do. I mean, you're right. There needs to be a plan. Yeah. All right. Now, is what is that plan? Is it, And so I hope that when they determine the plan, the plan can be made public. thing is, is that they didn't wake up that morning and say, man, you know, like they walked in the room and I just didn't like the way they look. I'm going to put them on the agenda. Like that did not happen. Right. No. So there had to be, you know, some type of thoughts in some Alderman's mind that there needed to be a change. And so this was put on there. But but why? Yeah. Just just why? Like what, what is – and that's all as a as – a, voter as a taxpayer uh, as someone that lives in this town just you know you know forward or against it why yeah well like like i just said if you gave me the weekend i could give a case i could pl- i could build a case both ways and all that happened on tuesday night was the case from the public from the podium to keep him mm-hmm. and so very interesting uh you know Derek, you and i had a lot of people uh you know, text or call us or email us or those different things, uh, just concerned about what happened on Tuesday night. So, I mean, we're looking forward to the future. We always try and end on a positive note here. And I continue to say, if Mr. Williams will continue on as the park director, whether he's the park director for another 15 months or another 15 years, how can we as a board of aldermen, how can he be helped or told what's expected of him? Here's what we need. Here's what needs to happen. Lay it out for him. And if he can't, write it down. And if this it becomes an issue again six months from now, six years from now. Say, okay, we tried. Right. This didn't happen. This didn't happen. This didn't happen. We're not going to vote to let you go. That's what anybody would expect. That's a, a performance review or whatever you want to call it. That's what you would expect. Right. I mean, that's all anybody – that's just courtesy of a job or, or, or you know. And so I, that's, what, uh, that's what I would – I hope everybody would like to see. If there's a breakup, the the man or woman typically wants to know why. Whoever, who, who, they might not like it, right? Exactly. They might not like it, and yes. people in the, and people in the public can completely disagree. Yeah. But at least you had your reasons and had and put back it up. A lot of things going on last Tuesday at the Auburn meeting. Look forward to the next one. Of course, we're always going to keep you up to speed on the information. Tell you to go watch the YouTube video. Go watch the different things happen with the. They do a wonderful job. I will say that really, really oh, good the job. New camera now. angles, unbelievable. The audio is just absolutely fantastic. And again, not kidding when I say this, two to three times better than South Haven's. Oh, it's unbelievable. Easily, I, there were a couple times there, Derek, when Dwayne was speaking. I didn't know if I was watching Dwayne or the Parks Director or Joel Osteen. Well, that's how clear it was. On not, the not only that, but like you could hear comments absolutely. in the crowd. Yeah, maybe easily. more. Maybe yeah, maybe more comments than there should have been. Yeah, it's easily. A, yeah, there were several times uh, Chip Johnson had to say, "Hey, can we have order? Can we yeah, have order, yeah. please?" So a very interesting. Well, look, Derek, uh, going to be a short uh, talk here. We talked quite a bit about Hernando. Um, that's kind of what we thought about it. And again, we try and end on a positive note. Dwayne Williams stood there asking for direction from a standpoint of expectations and what you want and now the work starts if the board of aldermen uh, want to show him there or tell him the different things that they expect and what they want uh, then now's now's the floors open for you to do that let's move up to south haven going to be really quick south haven was not long uh, i joked with Derek off air it lasts about 26 minutes i said yeah that's because they maybe heard what was going on in hernando <laughs> and drove down to uh jump in the in the in the meeting but what do we have in south haven on tuesday night okay south haven again uh, really the couple things we'll to talk to number one uh, they did approve to advertise the request to uh, widen the Getwell road south project now a couple things come out of this number one the project uh is the number one on south haven's mdo list it we said it was going to be four lanes it's actually gonna be five lanes Whoa, hello. five lanes from church to star landing it's a 9.8 million dollar project 7.5 million of that is being federally funded out of the mdo uh and he said the construction this is the mayor talking the construction should start sometime early to spring of 2022 so early next year uh, early spring of next year so i would say maybe the march to april time frame you'll be looking at uh the start of the five lanes from church of star landing so again 
If you are a, uh, if you travel that way to work, North Point parents, uh, starting next school year, it's going to be an absolute nightmare. So uh, yeah. you got that going. Uh, anyway, my, my kids go to Hernando. So, but but you on the other hand, I have well, four I'll years have of this. one at that point yeah, next exactly. year. We'll have one going up that, that doesn't way. drive, so you'll have to take her. Oh, she'll be driving actually next oh, okay. next yeah. next 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 August. She'll be driving. The only thing on the uh, the planning commission, uh, we talked about it. Some chickens went a little more detail. Uh, it will be as we mentioned. It will be increasing to the north. It will be adding employee parking, another drive-through lane to really help with that congestion. They're going to have a little turn lane, a very small, you know, I guess uh, turn lane coming off of the uh, of Getwell Road right there. And uh, so that was you know approved, uh, which I think will be great for all the chicken lovers out there. And Matt, I actually saw this happen. He mentioned this, the mayor mentioned during his report that the bridge, the actual bridge was dropped off on Tuesday and I was taking my daughter to meet uh, my wife uh, at the school. She was going to help doing some setup and stuff up there on Tuesday. When you were saying bridge, you're talking about the footbridge the pedestrian going bridge. across Gitwell right there in front of Slim Chickens was dropped off. Yeah, okay. So as we're heading up to the school at lunchtime, we're traffic has stopped letting those trucks cross get well wow. to drop them off right there on one of those empty lots uh at right there at get uh get well on may road so yeah they uh the bridge is dropped off the platforms are almost completed on both sides the bridge itself will be i guess added hooked together above over get well road uh between august 20th and august 22nd the bridge will be put up there uh and again this project is slated to be finished by end of september Pretty impressive. It's going to be really neat. Uh, like you said, when on the east and west side of Getwell, uh, continue to be constructed. I, I can tell, Derek, they've got a, an elevator. That's right. That'll go up, and, and, and the people you know, obviously can use that. Just very interesting, a neat project. I think that's going to be a pretty neat deal and will get well for years and years to come. So not a whole lot of stuff going on in South Haven. Like you said, very short meeting, uh, which is probably good for the amount of uh, discussion we just had for the Alderman meeting. Well, Derek, I will say this. One thing that I know for a fact, the city of Fernando Alderman can agree on, the Hernando Farmer's Market brings together the best of local food, artistry, and the agricultural traditions of the Mid-South. It's a place to shop. It's a place to gather. But more importantly, it's a rare chance to experience the simplicity of a Mississippi small town. It is truly a fresh, local experience. For more information about the Farmer's Market, reach out to Gia Matheny, the Community Development Director, at 662-449-9092. That's 662 662- 449-9092. The Hernando Farmers Market takes place every Saturday from May 1st through October. That's May 1st through October from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. Derek and I continue to joke about it each week. It's literally like a small A-fair. It is really, really one of the best farmers market in the Mid-South, if not the entire state of Mississippi by far. They do a wonderful job. 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. every Saturday, May 1st through October. Get out and visit the Hernando Farmers Market. Lauderdale Insurance Agency, your local state farm provider, is located at 11 West Commerce Street, directly across from the Hernando Post Office. Lauderdale Insurance is owned and operated by Sam Lauderdale, former alderman and local resident of Hernando. His team specializes in insurance for life, home, business, and auto. Mr. Sam encourages you to compare coverage, service, and price, but feels confident Lauderdale Insurance Agency should be your insurance provider. Please call Sam, Sherry, Angie or Jennifer at 662-429-5213. Again, 662-429-5213 or find them on Facebook at Lauderdale Insurance Agency. Well, Derek, I know we started school back and, and getting, uh, you know, summer's basically over when it comes to school. But if you're looking for a weekend trip or looking for something coming up this Christmas, spring break, especially next summer, if you're looking for to make plans for your family vacation, you want to reach out to Sue Ellen and Ann Christopher with Magical Destinations of Hernando. 
Whether it's that trip to Disney World, Universal Studios, a tropical getaway, a cruise, a tour out west, down on the coast, anything in the U.S., Sue Ellen and Ann Christopher can help you plan the trip of your dreams. They work to get you the best rates with headache-free planning. Magical Destinations is locally owned and operated right here in Hernando. Give them a call today and start planning your magical getaway. You can reach Sue Ellen and Ann Christopher at 662-469-6304. That's 662-469-6304. Or find more information on them on Facebook and Instagram at Magical Destinations Unlimited. Again, that's Magical Destinations Unlimited on Facebook and Instagram. Well, Matt, well, the one school that has not started yet is North Point. Uh, they start on Tuesday. So our next show, uh, they'll be the first day of school for North Point. And North Point Christian School continues to enroll for the 2021-2022 school year. And some grades are getting close to capacity. PK, JK, 3rd, 8th, and 9th are close to being full. Come and see why families in three states, 28 cities, and 41 zip codes have made North Point DeSoto County's largest and most desirable Christ-centered college preparatory school. North Point is honored to have been voted DeSoto's best middle school and DeSoto's best high school by the DeSoto Times-Tribune. Come and see why they have been voted best. Contact Sheila Sharon at 662-349-5127. Again, 662-349-5127. Or email her at sshero-n at ncstrojans.com and schedule your personal tour. Don't delay call today. Well, Derek, our Friday show, we always discuss a wonderful part of our show, the DeSoto County Shoutouts. Very simple. We try and give an opportunity to the nonprofit organizations, those type things that are doing wonderful things throughout Hernando, throughout the county sometimes. Shine a light on what they're doing, their project, so that they can get more involvement. Every single time we talk about this, it's always led by the DeSoto Arts Council. Tonight, the first Friday back porch party, it's going to be 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Music provided by Catching Javelin. It is free and open to the public. You do not have to be a member of the DeSoto Arts Council to come to this. As a member, your first drink is on us. That's what they say. As a member, your first drink is on us. 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. tonight, the first Friday back porch party at the DeSoto Arts Council. Small white building right there uh, off of 51. Kind of backs up to Memphis Street, backs Mm -hmm. up to Underground Cafe. Underground Cafe will actually serve you. If you'd like to order, they will bring your food to you there at the the first Friday back porch party. So if you can hear our voice, looking for something to do tonight, uh, we definitely want you to encourage you to uh, visit that then tomorrow gonna have meet the artist day there from 1 p.m to 4 p.m at the desoto arts council claire wright local artist claire wright will be at the desoto arts council from 1 p.m to 4 p.m um and if you're interested in her art or any art there at the desoto arts council uh certainly all that art is for sale she'd love an opportunity to talk more about you with about her art uh, sell you a piece of art anything like that derek you actually mentioned that miss wright did a, a piece of art for you as a gift to your brother last year yeah she does a kind of a um a different take kind of a cartoon take on uh, buildings and stuff like that kind of gives a little more color a little more flair to it right. and i actually took his old house a picture of his old house in new orleans uh, and she painted it for them. Okay. Uh, and I gave that to them for a Christmas present last year. Okay. So when you say like a cartoon type thing, so she'll paint the old house and then she'll put SpongeBob on the front porch or something? <laughs> yeah, no, no, she, she, it's, I, I, there's a, a word for it. But basically, you know, she takes a real picture right. and then kind of makes it where it's, uh, I mean, obviously it doesn't look like an exact replica. It's more, I don't know, it, more colorful, yeah. um, that sort of thing. Hopefully, she, well, hopefully she'll be able to listen. Do you think what we've talked about so far warrants a, um, 
uh, a free piece of art for the UTW podcast. Oh, I think that would be awesome. <laughs> that would be awesome. Actually, Matt, we, I have something being worked on. Oh, wow. For, uh, oh, yes, oh yes, okay. So that's yes, a surprise there. A little teaser right there. Again, meet Miss Claire Wright August 7th, tomorrow afternoon, 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. at the DeSoto Arts Council. Such a huge part of Hernando, huge part of what we talk about every Friday on the DeSoto shout-outs. Just a great job that they continue to work on. Matt, next we have the scavenger hunt. Now, the scavenger hunt, this is the last day for sign-up, so – you know, without a fee, so close. Put ahead and sign up for that. But the actual, uh, I think it's forty bucks until today. Fifty after fifty today. after today. But the actual scavenger hunt is October twenty first. October twenty first at the Gale Center. I think they start lining up or getting everybody together at eight and take off at eight thirty. Now this is a great, great event. If you've never done it, you can have teams. I think up to five able to go out and basically you're given a three page ish list of things to either do, find, take pictures of. And uh, it can be like that. You may have to video yourself performing a song. It could be finding some, uh, you know, artwork somewhere. It could be uh, going to a specific location and taking your picture in front of that you know, a business. All kind of things. It's a wonderful thing that they do. They partner with businesses to do this. And again, the winning team. $1,000, the second place team $500, and the third place team $200, and it's judged first on accuracy. How many of those, you know, 20 to 30 to 40 items task, you get correct, tasks task yeah. that you get correct, uh, and then the second the tiebreaker will be whoever turned it in first. So again, if that's something you want to do, uh, fun with the family, fun with friends, on a Saturday morning, you'll be done by noon, go ahead and turn that into the Gale Center, to the Parks Department. Again, today is the last day at 40, $50 after today, and the event is at 830 Saturday, August 21st. 21st of August, scavenger hunt. Uh, look out to I think it's the 12th annual by the Parks and Rec Department. Our last one, we're going to continue to talk about this. We're getting a little bit closer to it and closer to it. So if you're interested in being a part of it, if you're interested in sponsoring it, that's one of the things that we wanted to get started on so early uh, by talking about this. On Friday, September 10th, that's Friday morning, September 10th, will be the Shotguns and Sunflowers, basically skeet shoot tournament, skeet shoot opportunity there supporting the Palmer home. Derek, tell us a little bit more about that. All right, so this is, it is Shotguns and Sunflowers, uh, as you said, Matt, Friday, September 10th. It'll start in the morning. Uh, this, is, invite, this is their second annual uh, sporting clay tournament, the premier clays fundraising event in the Mid-South. Tournament teams will shoot a variety of targets, each to win coveted prizes and bragging rights. After the tournament, guests will enjoy appetizers and libations, followed by awards, a Bloody Mary bar, and delicious Southern-style lunch that will put Grandma's cooking to shame by none other than Malcolm Reed, uh, pitmaster and owner of the How to Barbecue Right company, uh, also the sponsor uh, of our studio, uh, who will be grilling on site, on site that day. So again, they're still looking for sponsorships all the way from 1000 for to get you in as a team all the way up to $10,000, which can make you the co-presenting sponsor and uh, all the wonderful things that come along with that. So again, contact the Palmer Home uh, to, uh, to get more information on that. Palmerhome.org. That's palmerhome.org. You definitely will see a link there where you can get more information on shotguns and sunflowers coming up Friday morning, September 10th. Uh, it's a, it's an important event for, uh, Malcolm and Rochelle, our studio sponsors. So we're going to continue to talk about it, uh, until it's, uh, until it passes. But if you have a, a nonprofit organization that would like some more light shined onto your event that's coming up and stuff, uh, we can't promise that we'll do all of them, but email us under the water tower info at gmail.com. That's under the water tower info at gmail.com with that information send that over to us as we go through we do get several we've actually gotten several that just didn't necessarily jive with what we were looking to do so send that to us under the water tower info at gmail.com well Derek, definitely something our listeners will jive with our newest advertiser north mississippi dumpsters north mississippi dumpsters is a local small business offering service seven days a week 
They currently offer services in DeSoto, Marshall, Tate, and Tunica counties. In addition to the dumpster rentals they have, they are now offering junk removal and new construction cleanup. Junk removal simply means that they will deliver, load, and haul away your debris. New construction cleanup is great for residential contractors. They will deliver the dumpster, clean up the site, haul off the debris, and do a final interior cleaning. Derek, it's pretty impressive for residential home builders, whether you build three homes a year or 30 homes a year. If you're looking for a partner or you're looking for somebody to do what I just read, reach out to North Mississippi Dumpsters. You can call Joe and his team at 901-299-0916. Again, 901-299-0916. But the best way to reach them is their website, DeSotoDumpsters.com. You can learn more about their company, their pricing, all those different things that I just mentioned are right there on their website, DeSotoDumpsters.com. Please visit their website. That is definitely the way to get in touch with Joe and his team, DeSotoDumpsters.com. Thank you, North Mississippi Dumpsters, for being our newest sponsor. DeSoto Family Dental Care has been a presence under the water tower with over 60 years of combined dental experience. Dr. Seymour, Dr. Paroli, and Dr. Trotter are committed to providing a gentle and caring approach while focusing on the aesthetic beauty and long-lasting health of your smile. The practice is open Monday through Friday, providing hygiene appointments and general dentistry, including implants and implant-supported dentures, as well as Invisalign. DFDC makes use of modern technology such as digital scanning, intraoral cameras, digital x-rays, and autoclave sterilization. An in-house lab allows your dentist to be fully involved in the lab process and the end result. The office is designed to provide a safe, comfortable, and relaxing atmosphere for their patients. You can be confident that the goal of each staff member is to create a comfortable environment to provide you with relaxing, personalized dental care. Visit their office today to see the difference and give them a call at 662-429-5239. Again, 662-429-5239. Podcast brought to you by Williams Services. Williams Services is a veteran-owned and operated business with years of experience in lawn care, landscaping, mulching, and more. Owner Richard Williams and his team can assist you with a multitude of outdoor home needs, whether it's leaf removal, tree trimming, fall cleanups, anything you could think of on the outside of your home or your office, call Richard and his team today. Let them help. Let them come out. Give a price. It doesn't hurt to get a price on any project. No project too small. No project too large. Call Richard and his team today at 662-292-8855. That's 662-292-8855. Or find more information about Richard on Facebook at Williams Lawn Services. Again, Williams Lawn Services on Facebook. Since 2001, Green King Spray Services has been helping home and business owners enjoy lush, healthy, weed-free outdoor living spaces. They refuse to settle for the status quo, continuously researching and testing the very latest methods, products, and strategies to ensure your lawn looks better than the other guys. With technicians trained and educated, with hours of continuing education and seminars each year, Green King is committed to doing everything they can to make and keep you satisfied. You can reach them at 662-892-8419. Again, 662-892-8419. Or visit them on their website at greenkingspray.com. Remember, if you want it green, call the king. 
Well, Derek, we've teased it for weeks and weeks. We're, some of our shorter shows, uh, obviously at the end, there was not sports. There's not necessarily a sports section. So we're coming out of that, Derek. It is turning into football season, my friend. Your son's been going to two-a-days. Two-a-days uh, this week. Two-a-days this week. Went to football camp. All those different things that seem to be kind of a uh, you know rite of summer, rite of passage for high school football players and stuff like that there at North Point for the, for the Trojans. You're going to sit down with their coach, Tyler Gold, sometime uh, this weekend. We're going to have that interview part of our next Friday show, and we will begin, no pun intended, we will begin kicking off our football coverage sometime next Friday. We're going to go a little deeper into each team, deeper into the opponents, all that fun stuff that we had such a good time with last uh, last fall. Uh, we're going to do it all again, except we are going to cover less teams. Pay attention to that. That's right. We're going to start with North Point next Friday. Uh, when we started with North Point is not because I'm on the show. Uh, it is because they actually start. It's your start, show, bro. Well, it is my show. show. But also, <laughs> they uh, they start their regular yes. season a week before yes. the Mississippi Public Schools. So their first uh, actual real game will be August 21st. The public schools start August 28th. And so we'll have him and we'll followed by, uh, I believe, Lewisburg's head coach, uh, which will be – his interview will be on the 21st, the, the day of North Point's first game. And then the final one will be on the 28th, which will be with Coach Wolf. Yeah we're, we're, yeah, we're going to effort with Coach Wolf, yep. the Hernando uh, head football coach, going to effort to sit down and visit with him. You know, he had a great year last year. Yeah. Uh, you know, multi, you know, made, made it multiple steps in the playoffs, uh, named the region Coach of the Year. Beat Tupelo a, for the first time. Exactly, Tupelo. I mean, South Panola in the playoffs. I mean, had just a, a, a wonderful year. Uh, so we're going to learn more about that. We'll visit all about that. Uh, Reed Flanagan, one of his players, has been on our show uh, before. We'll learn about, the, you know, visit with him about Reed and, and those type things. But uh, Zach Wilkie, the quarterback comes back from Hernando uh, have some things I think Zach has recently committed to Southern Miss yeah, so, uh, you know, definitely some exciting stuff right there to talk with Coach Wolf about. But, again, we continue to uh, talk about and tease a little bit of our football coverage, and we're not trying to blow it off or anything like that. We are coming time, uh, getting about to get started on that. We're so, looking for some mascot battles. I'm, I'm, mascot I'm, battles are always all fun. coming back. Absolutely. People said they really enjoyed that. So we're coming back, uh, roughly coming up our one-year anniversary, and we're looking to, for our next fall. Uh, excited about it. So next, uh, Tyler Gold, North Point Trojan football coach, will be on our next Friday show, and that will be kind of our football kickoff again. No pun intended, of course. Matt, something else we're doing is uh, we're also coming up on an interview next Thursday yep. with uh, Mayor Chip Johnson. Uh, Mayor Chip Johnson, we're looking to have him on the show. He'll, he'll, he's going to sit down with us, already committed, sitting down with us next Thursday. Now, we've said this for about a month or so now, right. a couple months now, really, since we knew, uh, since he was elected and he agreed to. Um, we're going to be taking your questions. Your questions from uh, everybody listening right now. Send us your questions to underthewatertowerinfo at gmail.com starting today. You have until next Thursday early morning to get right. these to us. Under the water tower info at gmail.com. Any question you want us to ask the mayor. I cannot promise it'll get on the air. Yes, I agree. <laughs> uh, I, I can't be, but I mean, anything that you want to know city related. Uh, obviously, they're in the middle of budget season. And that's something that was so you know crazy about this meeting is that they should have been, you know, with, uh, the mayor of South Haven during their meeting said, hey, look, you're going to have a packet next time to look over. Okay. Not, not to vote on, to look over. There was no mention of that because of everything else going on. They've got a budget to pass by September 15th. Okay. So they're going to have that. So if you want to ask them something on the budget, something that happened at this last meeting, something that you've been at, wanting to ask him since he was elected, anything, any questions, throw them our way. Sure. We'll find, we'll, any duplicates will X out. Uh, we're not going to mention your name. So this, these will be anonymous to him about who they're coming from. We'll have it on our email, uh, but we're going to read it out to we'll as many as he wants to answer, uh, as much time as he'll give us. We'll get those answered and uh, put it out for you again on Tuesday the 17th. So there'll be the, the Tuesday after the Tyler Gold interview uh, will be when these will air. So again, anything you want from the mayor, any questions you want to ask him, 
please get it to us by early next Thursday morning uh, to underthewatertowerinfo at gmail.com. And lastly, if you're interested in advertising on the UTW podcast as we go into the fall, as we continue to grow each and every show, please email us at the same email, underthewatertowerinfo at gmail.com. We can certainly send you over a packet of prices, different stuff like that. We're always looking to grow. We're looking to help small businesses, uh, certainly here in the city of Hernando and up the Get Well Corridor as we continue to grow the UTW podcast. If you really enjoy our show, please find us on Facebook at UTW Podcast, on Instagram at UTW Podcast, and on Twitter at UTW Pod, wherever you can hear our show, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star review. Give us a five-star review. Let us know how we're doing. As I do at the end of each show, look out for OB Pod. Go find OB Pod. They drop a show Monday morning, early Monday mornings. OB Pod, definitely, uh, Derek, we definitely want to give uh, Zach Sims, the one of the hosts of that show, uh, you know, we just want to wish him luck for a great school year. He's a school administrator. He works really, really hard. He's a good school administrator, and we definitely are pulling for him as he uh, works over in the Center Hill area, mm-hmm. works uh, over in Center Hill. So definitely a shout-out to him. Had an opportunity to see him on Wednesday night at our uh, simple prayer service that our church did for the teachers, for the administrators, for the students there at Hernando United Methodist Church. Got a chance to say, uh, say hello to him, and good luck to all the teachers, all the administrators, all the students, the lunchroom ladies, the bus drivers, anybody affiliated with DeSoto County Schools, certainly North Point or any school, any school that can hear our voice, man. We really, really appreciate teachers, uh, people that are pouring into young people. That's something that's important. I want to remind everybody, please take your family to church this Sunday. Most churches are open. They'd love to accept you. We mentioned Hernando United Methodist Church, multiple service there. If you're thinking about going to a church, look on their Facebook page, learn their service times, please consider taking your family to church this weekend. Well, Derek, if there's nothing else, I'm Matt. And I'm Derek. Join us next time under the water tower.